And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. In the councils of government, we must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought, by the military-industrial complex. That we can, and so help us God, we will make America great again. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the No Gimmicks Podcast. I'm your humble host, as always, Brady Leonard. Hopefully you guys had a fantastic weekend. All right, you guys know what we're talking about today. <laughs> you already know what we're talking about. I was joined by my good friend Aaron Bandler. Uh, we talked about the passing of Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg and what it all means moving forward, uh, the good, the bad, and the ugly. So we will we'll, we'll see what happens over the coming days and weeks and months. Um, yeah, before we get to Aaron, guys, please follow us on Twitter at NoGimmicksPod. Please subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, or Spotify. If you're on iTunes, please give us a five-star rating and a good review. I'd really appreciate it. All right, here we go. Here's my chat with the great Aaron Bandler. All right, guys, we're here with my brother Aaron Bandler. Aaron, my friend, how you doing? Well, I'm currently in mourning over the likely possibility that Nick goes to towards ACL yesterday. But otherwise, all he's considered, not too bad. How about yourself, Brady? <laughs> well, the Steelers won, uh, and their best defensive player didn't blow out his ACL. So, um, I, you know, I, I had a better so weekend mas- football-wise than you did, definitely. Mazel tov. <laughs> so, all right, man. Um, obviously, we all know, everybody knows what we're talking about today. On Friday night, Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg passed away at the age of 87. Uh, she served on the court for 27 years. By all accounts, she was a, a decent and kind woman. She obviously had a, a very close friendship with the late Justice Scalia. I encourage everybody to check out Chris uh, Scalia on Twitter um, for some stories of his father's friendship um, with Ginsburg. Um, professionally, she was probably the, the most uh, progressive Supreme Court justice, justice in history, Um her mission was to reshape the country in the far left's image. Um, we should obviously celebrate her life uh, and pray for her family during this difficult time, of course. Um, but in terms of her tenure on the court, she stood against everything we value as conservatives. She took an oath to defend the Constitution of the United States and spent the last 27 years trying to destroy um, the Constitution of the United States. Aaron, I think that's fair to say. I think that's entirely fair to say. Look, I, I, there, there's definitely no question that she is that that she's definitely a titan among Supreme Court justices in terms of how she's become a pop culture figure. Uh, and, and the fact that she was the first female Jewish justice is, is certainly am, admirable right. and makes her a trailblazer in that regard. Um, yes, her, her her judicial philosophy runs counter to what you and I believe, but, but, but there's, there's, there, there's no question that, 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 this is a loss that reverberates across the nation, and we all we all mourn for her. We all pray for her family. Um, I think one of the things that makes those of us on the right different than those on the left is that when somebody on the left dies, we of course are human beings, and we don't we don't think about the the political aspects of it first, uh, or nor do we celebrate the death, and and we just you know we pray for the family, we we mourn, we grieve. And wait for the politics to come later. For the left, it's politics first all the time, and you could see that w- with with RBG's death. When immediately the, f- the first thought is pray for the country, go and go and vote now. And 
and the words of, of Riza Aslan, if, if if Trump confirms a replacement, the country burns, which is, I mean, that's almost like hostage type thinking right there. Yeah. You know, like, like writer's veto type stuff. And so I think that this does – look, I, I, I do like to avoid political stuff when a figure like RBG dies. But the last case has now made this about politics. So I would say that, 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 that in terms of the politics of the situation, it does change the election. I think it does certainly galvanize both sides uh, to turn out to vote, especially if Trump gets a replacement in. I don't know. Firstly, this whoever the replacement is, it's going to be if we thought Kavanaugh was bad, this is going to be a thousand times worse on so many levels. So the Republicans better buckle up and I get ready for 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 everything the Democrats are going to throw their way, which will be everything. Yeah, you're absolutely and, right. And I want yeah. to get into that in just a second. But but, but first, sure. um, just before we jump into the nitty gritty here. I hate that we'd have to do this. You know, like you mentioned, Me like you you don't want it to be political when somebody like this passes away. But I, I hate that we have to do this. I, I understand why justices get lifetime appointments. I understand why the founders set it up that way. You know, like the, the court, the Supreme Court needs to outlive, like, you know, the, the politics of the day and the year and even the decade, right? Like, you know, uh, at least that's that was the idea um, originally. But I, I hate that we have to do this this death watch this like macabre, oh, gross death watch anytime a justice gets old and sick. Like it's not healthy. Like it's not healthy for the political discourse. It's not healthy. It's not healthy human behavior, right? Like that we're just oh, oh man, 100% like agree. you know, like we're always googling how old <laughs> these these people are. Like how old's Clarence Thomas again? Like it's that's not. I don't know. I, I think I'm I'm at the point where I think we should have term limits on Supreme Court justice. And not not like four years or something. I'm right there with you. Maybe 20 years. Just a 20-year term. They need to be on the, the bench for a long time. I do understand that. But at least if they had some kind of term limit, you know, maybe 20 years, it's we're not just on this, like, morbid, messed up, like, inhuman death watch anytime somebody hits 80. You know, it's just, I don't, it's gross. I, I hate that we have to go through this every handful of years. I, I'm right there with you, buddy. Personally, I would go with 15 instead of 20 myself. But you know, it's it's these are things that I think obviously can be negotiated right. down the road. Uh, but yeah, I think that again, I I I agree with you that I and that I I get the original intent of lifetime appointments. But I think it's reached the point now where the court has so much power, and the fact that the, the fact that we see justices who who basically have become mentally unfit continue to serve on the court and, and i'm not counting rbg in that category like she clearly for all her health issues she was still very lucid and with it um but but if you look throughout history there have been supreme court justices who who who, who reached the point where they become so out of it due to age or what have you that they basically become non-factors and it's all just their clerks do, right. uh, doing everything and as you said this whole macabre sort of death watch it's not healthy for the country, and again, I, I I feel like I feel like if we had if we lessen the power of the court, then i frankly then, then there's no need for 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 this kind of death watch or even to care as much about who our Supreme Court just, just justices are. It, frankly, in, in 
in our ideal world, I think it would be nice to reach a point where the Supreme Court, where we don't care as much who the Supreme, who the Supreme Court justices are, because because they're, they're, the, the size and scope of, of the court's power is reduced to where it, it doesn't impact us as much. And yeah, frankly, I, absolutely. I, I, I think, right, and there are a number of ways to go about it where I think that can be accomplished. Term limits is one is one way to do it. I feel like I feel like Congress needs to have more of a check over the Supreme Court. Um, and obviously that would take a constitutional amendment to do that. But I, I, I it, again, it just goes to show that we really need to reduce the court's power. So that way we don't have to do the so that way we don't have to do these death watches. Yeah, that's and, and so people don't so people don't freak out when when there is a, when this time for a replacement and we don't have these long drawn out bloody battles where everyone comes out looking worse off. So I, I, that's just in general. I, I, I think it's not healthy to have it's not healthy to, to be having the type of mindset over the type of worship mindset, politician worship mindset in terms of who governs us. And I think the only way to achieve that is if we reduce the size and scope of government in general to where it just, it just doesn't matter who who's elected because the government has very little influence over our lives. Yeah, I mean, you're absolutely right. And that's a symptom of, of Congress abdicating their responsibilities for the last you know yeah. two or three decades. You know, I mean, the, the Supreme yeah. Court is so powerful. I mean— Judicial supremacy is so out of control right now that, you know, we're, we all wait. Anytime, oh, it's a big Supreme Court day today, let's all wait till our overlords come out in their long black robes yeah. and tell us what we can and cannot do as American citizens. It's, it's completely out of hand. Uh, but let, let's talk about the left melting down. Uh, you mentioned Reza Aslan, what he said, basically just threatening to, to kill anybody who who yeah. votes the way he doesn't want them to vote. You know, it's it's madness. But they are melting down. Um, the left has lost whatever remaining sanity they once had. I mean, the Democrats immediately, immediately, within seconds of hearing about RBG's death, uh, took the tack of threatening violence. I mean, they're just blatantly threatening violence if the president fulfills his constitutional duty to nominate a new justice. Uh, look, Aaron, I'd take their threats of violence more seriously if they hadn't already been violent for the last four months. Like, I feel like yeah. they really should have saved the violence card and not used up any goodwill they may have had left on the race riots in retrospect. That seemed, uh, you know, just tactically speaking, the wrong move by the left. Uh, but this is what they do now. I mean, this is the political left. They threaten to kill you if you don't do what they want. And I'm trying not to overreact, man. Uh, but this is domestic terrorism. I mean, the left is engaging in domestic terrorism. I don't really know what else to call it. They're threatening to burn cities down if Trump appoints a judge. I mean, this is that's, I mean, this is blackmail. I mean, this is absolutely evil behavior by the Democrats. I I I hundred percent agree, and, and it just goes to show how the stuff that 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 we've seen go down on college campuses over the years has now metastasized into the real world. Yes. Uh, I I mean, it 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 what it was a. A few years ago, we were seeing these types of violent riots happen whenever you see someone like Ben Shapiro or, or, or Milo Yiannopoulos speak on, on campus. Th there was rioting. There was looting. And it's what it's what Shapiro called at the time a rioter's veto. And now we're seeing the rioter's veto happen in real life to where if to, to where if if the left doesn't see a cop get convicted, whether it's whether it's justified or not, or if they don't see their Supreme Court justice of choice get uh, get get confirmed, or 
even if the presidential election does, doesn't go their way, there's this rioting, there's this looting, there's this violence. And it, it, it in part shows how, firstly, it shows how important academia is to the, the future of our country, because this, this is clearly the, the result of far-left indoctrination on, on college campuses where where basic students are turned into leftist activists who think purely on emotion and and have politics as their religion. And, 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 and to the latter point, it also just goes to show how dangerous it is to view politics as religion. And I, I think that just goes to show how how frankly how sick our culture is and that there has been a move away from religion from a move away from god and more towards the idea that that we that secular progressivism is the way to go going for to go for the country going forward and i i really think that if we're going to move forward as a country we have to has to be a move away from politics in general as people's religions and and, re, and rediscover and, and and rediscover actual religion like you know, like Judaism, Christianity, Islam, whatever, what whatever fits your fancy. Um, they, and that's not, that's not to say that everyone needs to be hardcore religious fanatics. It just it, it's more just like for people to realize that there's more to life than politics. There are a lot more important things than politics, actually. And I think religion, no matter how far you Religion, any, in, really in any form, and however you, however you want to practice it, I think is the best way to sort of uh, people understand that. Yeah, I mean, you're absolutely right. I just don't, I don't know how we move forward because it's not just the Reza Aslans of the world. It's not all just the the stupid Antifa and Black Lives Matter rioters. You know, they they don't really scare me too much. There hasn't been a lot of violence in Toledo, Ohio, mm-hmm. where I live. I mean, look, I'm armed to the teeth. Okay, if <laughs> I mean if, yeah. if little chestless, limp-wristed communists try to burn <laughs> my property down, like I, you know, I, uh, they're gonna you're get locked some, and loaded. Yeah, yeah, I mean they're gonna get some slugs to the chest. But like, you know, the, the elected Democrats are engaging in this behavior though, I and mean, that's the scary part. I mean, elected Democrats going all the way up to Nancy Pelosi, the most powerful Democrat in the country have said that if Trump replaces Ruth Bader Ginsburg, they will destroy the country. That's like, It's not just, you know, the, the communist rioters engaging in blackmail. It's it's the Speaker of the House. OK, I mean, they, they, they're promising to pack the Supreme Court to end the filibuster, yeah. to randomly add new states. <laughs> right. OK, like Puerto Rico. I mean, they're, they're literally saying if you don't meet our demands, we will destroy the republic. I mean, this is terrorism. This is blackmail from the highest ranking Democrats in the country. I mean, I don't know how we move forward with these people. I don't, yeah, I don't know how we move, how we move forward with these people either. It, again, it just goes to show that, I mean, first, it, it goes to show how far left the, the Democrats have become. But also, again, it just goes to show how we've given, how we've given our government too much power in general. And again, we need term limits for the Supreme Court. We need term limits for Congress, too. And I, I feel like if we're going to move forward as a country, the first thing that needs to be done is, is that there need, the ruling class in D.C. needs to be broken up. And the first step toward that is term limits. Now, unfortunately, Congress is, is never going to term limit itself because there are just too many career politicians in Congress who don't, who, who don't want to limit their own power. 
and and, and that's a problem in both parties. Like you know, Mitch McConnell. Like for I know that he's become sort of like a hero on on, on the right, and I think if McConnell is able to get a replacement for RBG through, then uh, then he's going to have uh, then he's going to become even more of a hero to the right. And I've personally I've been critical of McConnell over the years, and I've and I do like what he's done with, with judges, and I will certainly, um, I, I will certainly praise him immensely if he's able to get a replacement through. But look, McConnell, at the end of the day, he is a career politician who is not interested really in reducing the size of government. And the same could be said for a lot of other Republicans too, like Susan Collins, like Murkowski, like Lindsey Graham. Lamar Alexander. I mean, the list goes on down the line, and so I, that's why I've always been a big, big believer of convention of states, which is where states call a, a call a, call a convention and propose constitutional amendments that then go back to the states for approval. And that's going to be the only way going forward. I think we can really reduce the size of government to where to, to within the, con- the confines of the Constitution as intended by the founding fathers is through the states. And yeah, I the thing is I yeah. I I am I fully support a convention of states. I think one thing that needs to happen. Um obviously we need to win. The Republicans need to win in November. I don't know how likely yes, that course. is. We're getting walloped in the polls right now. I don't know what polls to believe, what polls to to not believe. I I don't know. They're kind of all over the place. And and who knows how this this madness will affect things. Obviously the the press is the propaganda wing of the DNC and they're going to try to use this entire process, this confirmation process, to beat Republicans into submission. Uh, but I think if, if we do win, we need to pass a constitutional amendment limiting the Supreme Court to nine justices. I think that is supremely important. I don't think—I think the cat's out of the bag on the left. These people are either, you know—I mean, some of these senators on, on the left are just straight-up socialists. Um, the rest of them are enabling the socialists who are taking yeah. over their party. I, I think they're going to, you know— like a dog with a bone, try to pack the Supreme Court. Whether or yeah, not, I mean, whether or not Trump's uh, appointee uh, is is actually the next justice, I think they are going to try to. Whether it's Biden next, Kamala Harris, whoever, I think um, the next time the Democrats have a uh, a unified Democratic government, they will try to pack the Supreme Court, and that I mean that would basically mean the end, right, of of the Republic as we know it. I mean that would oof. Um, that would be a, an absolute disaster. So I think um, the next amendment we should be really pushing, and I don't know why no elected Republicans have brought this up, not that I know of. I haven't heard anybody talking about this. Yeah. But we truly do need a constitutional amendment limiting the Supreme Court to nine justices as quickly as humanly possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, the, I, I think it's come a necessity at this point. And I, don't, I know a lot of people on the left, or at least people who are Democrats, are like, yeah, well, Biden's opposed to, to court packing. But it's like, okay, I mean, he, he says that now, but he has shown about this campaign he'll that— He'll say whatever he, he wants. Not, he'll do whatever he'll the far he, left wants. Yes, he will, and, and and that he's willing to appease the far left. I mean, look look at his platform. He he, he did he, he has engaged in a unity platform with Bernie Sanders that Bernie Sanders has praised as the most progressive platform ever. And and the other day, Biden, the other day Biden was praising the, the Green New Deal— I think it's like, oh, but I, but I support a more an alternative version. So he's kind of like having a steak and eating it too. So at the end of the day, like everyone knows, Biden is not a sentient human being anymore. No. So, so so basically, and basically, Kamala will be the one running the show, and Biden and Kamala have both 
at different times have basically expressed this in so many words. With, with Kamala saying the a Harris Biden administration, and and Biden say something similar. So does anybody really think Kamala is opposed to court packing? Of course I mean, not. I, I'm not, I, I haven't heard saying anything about it personally. So. So, yeah, I mean, I think the only indication, the only indication Kamala Harris has made is laughing during a debate when Joe Biden at the time said that one of her plans, I forget what, was unconstitutional. And she started laughing at that as if the Constitution was hilarious to her. Yeah. And and, in her in her wannabe Joaquin Joaquin Phoenix Joker laugh. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I I know. I was talking about spine tingling. Um, So. Yeah, I, it's it, it's become it's and what's crazy about this is that there was once a time where, where Democrats were opposed to court packing when FDR proposed it in the 1930s or the 1930s 40s I forget the exact year but but, but when he proposed it um, his both his vice president who was Democrat and the Speaker of the House who was Democrat were opposed to it and went around the country and campaigned against it. That would never happen today. No, no, that that would absolutely never happen today. Um, going back to to Mitch McConnell, does Cocaine Mitch get this done? Well, I I, I think it could go either way. Um, it's definitely it would definitely come down to the wire since Collins and Murkowski have already said they would vote no, and I would be shocked if Romney voted yes. So so would I. So would I. Yeah. So it's I, I think it's going to come down to a tiebreaker vote, which Pence would presumably be be a tiebreaker vote if no other Republicans are lost in the process. And right now we've seen some of the more moderates like Lindsey Graham and Lamar Alexander saying that they would vote yes. And so I I tend to, I've always been more of an optimist by nature. So I'm inclined to think, yes, they pulled this off, given Mitch McConnell's track record with judges in general, but you know, with with the political climate being what it is, it wouldn't surprise me if it if if it fails. And so, as so so I don't know. I, I it, could, it really could go either way. How it affects the election going forward, I honestly don't know. I I feel like it could galvanize both sides. I feel like it could also backfire on either side. I, I don't know. I, I'm we're basically in, in uncharted territory yeah. in terms. I mean, like it's not. On, it it has happened in presidential elections before, where a Supreme Court justice has died. Obviously, that happened in 2016 with with Scalia, uh, but with the climate being what it is, and with RVG being who she was in terms of of being just an absolute titan uh, to the country and, and culturally speaking. We really are in uncharted territory. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. A couple things um, on this confirmation process, the impending confirmation process. A couple things. First, um, I, I, I agree with you that I have no idea. <laughs> like I'm not. Yeah. I'm not predicting anything at this point, man. I, I I really don't know. I could see this going a variety of different ways. But um, as always, uh, the fight is not between you know these Republican senators and their Democratic colleagues in the Senate, it's between these senators and the press. Um, because these confirmation processes take time. That's a lot of time for the press to pick off a couple of the weak Republicans, right? Um, yeah. The, the press will be activated and weaponized against every single one of these senators. Um, communists will be outside of the homes of every single one of these Republican senators um, trying to 
destroy their property or even harm them and their families. Um, literally, every single one of them. There will be Black Lives Matter and Antifa people outside of their residences mm-hmm. in their home states and in D.C. threatening to kill them. You know what I mean? They, there's going to be full court press from the press um, to trying to trying to pick off the Romneys of the world, um, which I, I think you're right. I think Romney will just because orange man, bad vote no. But that, that puts us at 50, right, with Pence as the tiebreaker. Yeah. So um, we already lost Collins and Murkowski because they're leftists who are obsessed with abortion. Um, and Rem Romney will probably vote no just because he hates the president. On Mitt Romney, you know, we don't need to beat Romney to death right now, but imagine running for president eight years ago and one of your main campaign promises being, you know, you will appoint originalist justices to the Supreme Court if the situation arose and then voting against one because orange man bad. I mean, how pathetic. If that, if that, he could could surprise us, probably not, but he could surprise us. But if he doesn't surprise us and he votes the way we think he is, what a joke. Like what a, what just a, a, what a sad joke that would be. A sad joke indeed, but it's even more, it's even more of a sad joke considering that Mitt Romney called John Roberts like the ideal justice that he would want to appoint. And of course, he said that before Roberts really went off the deep end uh, with Obamacare and, and, and other decisions since then. But I'm, I'm not sure that Romney ever really went back on that. Of course, he goes back on he flip flops on everything under the sun. Oh, of course. But but I mean, he he did sort of foreshadow if I would say that if he did vote against whoever the nominee is. Then that then he did sort of foreshadow it. It was by saying that John Roberts was his ideal justice. So, um, yeah, it's it's it, it truly is a sad joke. And frankly, Romney is how you get Trump. One more thing before I let you go, man. Um, we all remember what they did to Brett Kavanaugh, what they did to that man and his family. Yeah. Uh, the evil, the lies, the slander. Um, like you mentioned a few minutes ago. <laughs> Uh, that's going to seem like child play now. I mean, the the, the left is going to go full bigot on whoever Trump appoints, yeah. whether it's Amy Coney Barrett or, or whoever else. Um, the Democrats are going to go full bigot on whoever this this person is. Um, Democratic senators, including Kamala Harris and Maisie Hirono, have already essentially come out and said that if you're a Christian, you can't be a judge, right? So they're they're going to yeah. they're going to go full anti-Christian bigot. Or anti-Jewish bigot, if they, you know, if it's a, if it's a Jewish nominee, they're going to absolutely reveal themselves for the hateful, spiteful, anti-religious people that they are once more. Yeah, and yeah, no, that 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 is one hundred percent going to happen. Um, and, and going back to Kavanaugh, I think that they went the, the way they slandered that man with what were clearly bogus allegations. I, I think that's going to backfire on them in a big way with this Supreme Court battle because Lindsey Graham, who obviously is more of a moderate, yeah, and he, and he, he was asked about the McConnell rule, which, which a lot of people have mischaracterized the McConnell the McConnell rule as it's known as now from 2016. People are like, oh, it's presidential election. Why they're probably just being hypocrites by confirming someone now. But look, I mean, personally, I think all these. It's the McConnell rule, the Biden rule, whatever. They're all kind of stupid because at the end of the day, there the is no rule. Okay, confirmed... sorry to cut you. Sorry to cut you off. Yeah, because we haven't mentioned that yet. But there is no rule 
Okay, like, come on. Both parties would do the exact same thing and have done the exact same thing in the past and will do the exact same thing in the future over and over and over until kingdom come. If, <laughs> in an election year, if the Senate, if the president's party controls the Senate, they'll confirm a justice. If the president's party does not control the Senate, they won't. Okay, this is not rocket science. Anybody pretending like there's some rule that says Trump can't do this, McConnell can't do this, is an idiot. We all know what's going on here. It's not hypocritical. It's just it is it's common sense that that's how yeah. it works, and that's how it works in a two-party system. Love it or hate it, that's how it's always been. That's how it always will be. My goodness, people need to get over themselves. Seriously, but but more importantly, it's like the people are mischaracterizing what the McConnell role was, which which was that if the president and the Senate are, are of opposing or of differing parties in an election year. Then that's when you wait until after the election, and it's like, look, you can agree, you can agree or disagree with it. I, I, I'm with you in terms of like, there's no, there's no rule per se, and there, and frankly, like the only rule that matters is the Constitution. Um, but if you're gonna go after the, the so-called McConnell rule, then at least get it right. The fact is, the media is mischaracterizing it. And so I, I think that's that's something to keep in mind going forward. And even so, Lindsey Graham said that after Kavanaugh, things have changed because because we saw how far they were willing to go to smear to smear an honest man. Whatever you may think of Kavanaugh in terms of his judicial philosophy or politics, the fact that there is is that he is a decent human being, a good family man, a, a, a good father, and they they smeared him. To, uh, just, to, just to try and derail his nomination because orange man bad, and I think Republicans now are have remembered that, and I, if 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 they get RBG's replacement through, I think it will be in large part because of what, the, of what the Democrats did to Kavanaugh. Yeah, I totally agree. So I said I wasn't going to make any predictions, and I won't, but I will force you to. <laughs> Real quick, uh, before I let you go, just yes or no? Uh, does Trump appoint his third Supreme Court justice for the election? Well, I, I well first he'll he'll um he, well, I it, yes I think so. All right, I hope you're right. Aaron, where can everybody follow you and read your stuff and keep in touch and all that good stuff? Yeah, so you can follow me on Twitter at Bandler's Banter, and you can read my stuff at uh, at the Jewish Journal at JewishJournal.com, uh, where I mainly write and cover uh, anti-Semitism uh, and Israel and BDS issues. Uh, obviously, those things. I, I know right now everyone's thinking about the election, but these but these issues of anti-Semitism in Israel are important too, especially in light of the recent peace agreements that that, that have taken place. By the way, I do think Trump should get a Nobel Peace Prize for for, for those agreements. Absolutely. It won't happen, but 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 he, but he deserves it. Um, so I would just I would just remind people that you know anti-Semitism in Israel, like these these are important issues too in these crazy times. Absolutely, I appreciate you as always, Aaron. I'm sure we'll chat again soon. That's all I got for today. I'm Brady Leonard. I'll be back on Wednesday. No gimmicks.